You think about it that he, he laid down his life um, to give us abundant life. We kind of get that perspective. And, and if you had to look back, um, we've got to say, well, what, what would give him great satisfaction and joy? You know, it says that he, um, for the joy set before him, he, he endured the cross. So I don't think he was thinking of the joy just to, you know, yeah, I've made it there now, you know, and forgotten about us. No, he, you know, when I kind of thought about that, no, he, he wants to leave us in, in, a, in a certain way that his joy would be in, in us. And in that he would have his joy, that our joy would be complete and in, in his joy. And, yeah, the mission is accomplished. He's done what he's done uh, for us, and he's brought us abundant life. And the question to us is, how would Jesus want us to live? It's quite a question. But I wonder, let's just, let's just start in prayer, and I think one of the things of, of you know, prayer, prayer of thanksgiving, and just, just give thanks to God. And I think one of the things that he would really want us to do is just be thankful for what he's done. That what we've been brought into, he brought into, into life. And uh, thank you for his sacrifice, Lord. And Father, we, we just come with gratitude in our hearts, Lord. We um, Just to think, Lord, how, how you suffered, Lord. How you emptied yourself. Um, the pain and suffering, Lord, that you went through just to bring us, Lord, into a place of freedom and, and life, Lord, that, that we might experience life, that we might experience your joy, and we, that we might live victoriously in this life, Lord. So, Father, we, we, we come with gratitude, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. And, Lord, even as we press on, Lord, we, we're mindful, Lord, of just your eyes on us, Lord, and how you delight when we are living well, Lord, and living in that which you purchased with your blood. In Jesus' name. So I was just reading out of uh, Romans, Romans 8, and, eight and, and really Romans 8 is, um, yeah, it's really a chapter of the Declaration of Freedom. And, you know, I think the greatest thanks that we could extend to Jesus is to live, live free and assured. And I believe that'll be a place where we're living, we're living well. It's not the only thing, but uh, there, there are many things that we could go and pick out. But I want to pick on that um, this morning. And so we've got to ask, and as you read through uh, Romans 8, you, you know, how do we, how do we achieve that? And I think we saw something of it this morning. It's, it's life in the Spirit. Um, and really what I'm going to be doing this morning is what, what Piet stood up front here and he said, let's take a step forward and let's press into the Spirit. Because where the Spirit is, there, there's life. Um, so, yeah, life in the Spirit. And Romans, Romans 1, 8, 1 to 2 says... There is now no condemnation. And you kind of, in the beginning, you, you kind of look in the beginning, you look at the end, and you get these two, two passages. It starts off, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set 
you're free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And you flick down to Romans 8, um, 38 to 39, and it says, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've been set free and we've been given an amazing assurance of, of Christ's love. And, um, you know, for, for us it's impossible to, to live well with condemnation. It's impossible for us to live well with disapproval, accusation, uh, feeling guilty, feeling ashamed, kind of feeling bad. You know how sometimes you can feel bad? You know, some people make you feel bad. You know, you kind of have an interaction and a conversation, you walk away, you feel bad. And that's not God. You know, we need to be people of the Spirit that leave people free and assured. That's what God wants us to live, free, free and assured, and bringing, bringing life wherever we go. And to me, the only, the only place that we can find, um, find that, no condemnation, is in Christ Jesus. He alone is our righteousness. Our sins have been nailed to the cross. And it's him that Jesus said it, it is finished. It is done. Um, I've paid the price. And uh, you know, we, we cannot be separated from, uh, from his love. You know, it, said, it says there in, um, uh, in Romans... Where am I? Uh, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies... Who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than this, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God and indeed interceding for us. I mean, isn't that encouraging? That God not only died, but he's risen and, and today he is interceding for us. That he, he is for us, he's not against us. He's, um, and uh, I mean, that brings me into an amazing place of freedom and, and assurance. And I believe that's where God uh, wants us to, to be. Uh, so let's just read the first part of, of Romans, um, and I'll read from Romans 1 to, 1 to 11, and just pull out one or two things, and um, it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace, peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You are ever are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Speaking to us, every believer has a spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. 
But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give to your mortal bodies, give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. And so Paul writes here and he says, you know, there, there, there are two laws. There's a law of the spirit of life. And um, what is that referring to? That's referring to, to the Holy Spirit, which is operative in our life through, through righteousness. Um, Romans 8, 10, we've just read there, says, But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. So we, we are participants of the spirit because of what Christ has done on the cross. Um, an unbeliever doesn't have the spirit. They are cut off, they are spiritually dead, and, and there, there's no uh, life, life can't, life can't flow. Um, and then you have the law of sin and death, and the law of sin and death is a law of God, which, and it speak, speaks in the context, and uh, Paul's been speaking about it in Romans 7, and um, how the law comes and the flesh is weak, and the law, uh, the very thing that the law wants to do, the flesh, it, it kind of invokes sin in, 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 our, in our members, and it, it works uh, death. And Paul describes it in um, Romans 7. He says, oh, that's a wretched life. You know, I've got the desire to do the right thing, but I don't have the ability. And who will help me? And it, it, it runs, you know, thanks be to Christ who gives me the victory. And so our victory is in, is in Jesus. And um, in the passage before us, it says that we need to, we need to set our minds on the, on the things of the Spirit. Um, and just reading through that, it's interesting, um, in verse 5, at, at, uh, the, the, to set the mind, it refers to, it's, it's a verb that's used in verse 6, it's a, it's a noun. So I just want to read that, and uh, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And the, setting the mind there is, is a verb. And for to set them, in verse 6 it says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And, uh, you know, we, we can actively, you know, setting our minds is something that we, we are to do actively, but we can also just be going through life, and it's almost like to have, you've, you've set your mind, and it's kind of, um, you know, where it's, it's it's used like a noun, and uh, you, you can just be living focused on the flesh, or you could be living focused on, on the spirit. Um, but, but we to be a people, we need to, and, and if you are set on the spirit, that's cool. You know, kind of, I just thought about a noun, and I was thinking about the tabernacle, and you know, you go into the tabernacle, it's got all this furniture here, and it's got a table where you, uh, uh, and a, a lampstand and, and all of that for, for the spiritual uh, life to, to flow. Or, you know, we could, we could have the nouns in our life could be, well, the games room or the TV room or the smartphone or uh, the bright pit or the bed or the pool. And, and, and so our focus could be, that could be our, these articles in our life. And, uh, um, 
but the encouragement here is that we, we need to be a people that is, is pressing in, setting our minds on, on the things of the Spirit. And knowing that when we set our minds on the things of the Spirit, uh, that's where we find life. That's where we're going to find life. If we set our minds on the things of the flesh, um, it doesn't work life, it, it, it works death. And, and I'm not saying that to, to have a games room and to, to watch TV and to, to have a swim and all of that is bad stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. You know, we, um, but if we really want to experience uh, we, abundant life that Christ has given us, it's, it's life in the spirit. It's not life in the flesh. We fo- focus on the flesh. We're going to feel dead, lethargic, bored, unenthusiastic, etc., etc. But when the spirit comes alive, uh, the life of Christ flows. It's His Spirit washing over our spirit, and it gives, uh, gives us life and, and peace. And so it says, you set your minds on the things of the Spirit. And I was kind of thinking, well, what, what are the things of the Spirit? I mean, well, I suppose we just read the, read the Bible. The Bible is spiritual. So, you know, set our minds, well, just, just read the Bible. It's kind of, it's a spiritual food. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I had to go to Galatians 5. Um, and we know it well. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Um, you, know, you come out of holiday, and you know we all got the the the, the bias to kind of we want to pamper the flesh. We all do. We just want to kind of chill out and um, and you know I think imagine our holidays if we do that as well. We need to rest our bodies and we need to get rejuvenated. But if we if we did that and we set our minds on the spirit. Um, and I trust that's what we've been doing. And uh, so I'm not, not saying we're not doing. But it says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the Spirit. For the desires of the Spirit are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you will not be under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the likes of those. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If you live by the Spirit, you will also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. And as soon as we, when, we, when we're living in the Spirit, we will find in, in, in every aspect of our, life, we're gonna, of our lives, we're going to find life and find abundant life. But as soon as we go into the flesh... That's where we start fighting. And uh, um, things don't go well. You know, you can just think in your, you know, in our marriages and our, our friendships. We want to keep our friends, friendships free and assured. Um, and our relationships and, and all of that. 
So we want to live well. We need to give attention to our, our spiritual lives. And that's the message this morning. And I think it came through. We just need to press into God. And let it, let it be a year that we are paying attention to our spiritual wellness. Because when we pay attention to that, we will experience abundant life. When we focus on our, our flesh, uh, we're not going to do so well. And I'm not saying we don't do fun stuff, but we allow the Spirit. And actually it says there that, um, you know, when you focus on, you know, Paul said, you know, if you go on, the, go on feeling, you know, feeling is not going to get us anywhere, but you go according to faith, we'll get the feeling. And it actually says here in Romans, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give Life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. We just need to focus on the Spirit and we will get life in our mortal bodies. We will feel alive and vibrant. Just think about revivals. What happens in revivals? The Holy Spirit is poured out and, and, and revival comes. Think about the dry bones where God says to Ezekiel, go and prophesy to the bones and He speaks and He says, says to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. You know, the word, the word of the Lord is spiritual. We need, we need to hear the word of the Lord. And then he eventually breathes into the bones and life, life comes. Um, so that's my message this morning. And uh, I'm going to stop there. I want to do um, Quentin. Cool. Um, let's press into the spirit because that's where we're going to find life cool thanks you know, Nick asked me to share something that I shared with him in December and God was speaking to me about wells and it's interesting that um, you know the topic that you guys are now focusing on for this year is the heart of living well and I thought well that's that's actually fits into what God said to me is that the heart of living well is to go to the living well and um, and the Lord was speaking to me about our wells being blocked but he also spoke about walls being broken and that speaks of two aspects the wells are our nourishment and our food source and the walls are our protection so sometimes our protection is broken and we wonder why things are not happening in our life and the other time our wells are broken or blocked up and we can't access what God wants to bring us. So we need to pay attention to both of them. And, and this whole thing, as um, Nick was saying now from, from Romans, talks about our heart. That if our heart isn't right, then we are not going to actually absorb or take in or take to heart what God is trying to say you know if, if if we don't change our heart sometimes we've got to look in there and see what's there that needs to be rooted out I was just writing something um, for our church back home uh, yesterday or this weekend sometime about that exact thing and you know uh, God had some strong things to say about the, the the Israelites heart when that was a problem then this this doesn't work and um, in Jeremiah 9, 25, he says, 
for all nations are really uncircumcised, and even the whole house of Israel is uncircumcised in heart. And so he looks at their heart, and uh, in, in Acts 7, um, verse 51, it says, You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors, you always resist the Holy Spirit. So this thing of being able to do these things, we have to see that here we really want to. And what we, what, when we find something there that, that is resisting God, because we are human, we have natures, and we need to overcome that, just like I think Paul said this morning. You don't feel like worshiping, but you need to overcome it. And so the, the, um, in, in, in Jeremiah 2, verse 13, this is where um, Jeremiah, spoken to by God, links the state of our well-being to our spiritual wells. He says, my people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water. That he is the spring of living water, and they've dug their own cisterns. So sometimes we made our own plans. We know we need God, but we go and make another plan. Um, we, we, we find ways around it because God's way is either too difficult or it's asking us to give up something we don't want to give up, or you, we just resist. And the heart of the essence of this thing about the wells that God spoke to me comes from John 4, verse 7 to 15. I'll just read a few uh, pieces of it. It's where Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. Then a woman from Samaria, and this is from the Amplified, because there's a couple of things in here that make it stand out. The woman from uh, Samaria came to draw water. She went to the well. She knew where the water was. She was going to the well. Um, and G Jesus said to her, give me a drink. So Jesus is sitting at the well too. They also went to the well. You remember the disciples went into town, and he was there on his own. But they went to the well because they also needed water. And the Samaritan woman asked him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? For you Jews want nothing to do with us. Skipping down, she says to him, uh, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, no bucket and rope, and the well is deep. That's from the Amplified. So she makes an observation, but Jesus, you're sitting at this well. How are you going to get this water? Because you don't have the bucket and the rope. And Jesus obviously would have been there by faith, knowing that he was probably appointed to go and speak to the lady because um, he had words of wisdom for her. But the opposite is true. Because when you get down to what Jesus replies to her, he says, um, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. But the water that I give him will become a spring in him of living water, satisfying thirst for God, welling up continually, flowing and bubbling within him to eternal life. And the woman said, Sir, give me this water so that I will not get thirsty and will not have to continually come here to drink water. She suddenly is the one who actually realizes she doesn't have the bucket and the rope to draw from the living well who was there. There were two wells that day. Jesus was the other one. And she was the one who didn't have the bucket and rope in the spiritual sense to draw from him. And so she recognizes her weakness and says, okay, I want this water. He asked her for water, but actually she asked him for living water. And that's this, this essence of what um, Nick was talking about this morning. 
And um, to just close off, Isaiah 58 becomes true of us in verse 11 when we do this. The Lord will always guide you and he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Spiritually, we live in a sun-scorched land. This, the, 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 the increase in sin in this world is, is like that sun-scorching. It highlights the critical need for us for water to satisfy our souls in a sun-scorched and evil world. And will strengthen your frame and you will be like a well-watered garden, a spring whose waters never fail. You, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and raise up the old age foundations. You will be called a repairer of broken walls, a restorer of streets of dwellings. You see now Isaiah 58 links drinking from the well to also repairing the walls. That the protection comes as a natural consequence of drinking from the well. And the sense that I had from this is that sometimes we want this, we want to have the water from the well, and so we're looking at ourselves but God actually also wants us to be mindful that sometimes the, the, the purpose of us growing and drinking in the well is not only for us, it's so that we can be used by Him. And I'm, I'm struck by the, the, the posters here because when we say we want the living water, we're talking about being disciples of Jesus and doing that. But the purpose is this side, so that we can be like Jesus who recognized the Samaritan woman and said, but I can give you the water. So sometimes we need to be in the place to lead others to the very water we're drinking from ourselves. That's it. Great. Thanks, uh, Thanks Quentin. Should we pray? So let's, um, let's pay attention to our wells um, and remind ourselves that life is in the Spirit and Jesus Christ is our life. So, Father, Lord, we thank you for your word, and uh, yeah, Father, I, I pray, Lord, that yeah, Lord, just even as we sit here now, Lord, that um, you, even our minds, Lord, that Lord, we know where our minds have been, Lord, where we settled, where the furniture, Lord, in our in our lives, Lord, Father, we. Um, yeah, Lord, if flesh, Lord, has decorated our homes, Lord, Father, we ask, Lord, that today, Lord, that we would change it, Lord, by your grace, by the strength. And you know, we pray, Lord, that, Father, even where maybe we not be reading our Bible, not be having a quiet time, Lord, that today that we would set our minds on that, Lord, that we'd spend time with you, Lord, just waiting on you, waiting on your spirit, uh, time praying, time in fellowship, Lord, that, Lord, we, we thank you for the times that we come together, Lord, and um, just how enriched we are, Lord, at, at this well, Lord, where, where the spirit flows, and, and, and we, we're able to drink from um, the same spirit from one another's gifts, Lord, and we, we thank you for that, Lord, and, but, Father, we pray, Lord, that there There'll be such a, an overflow, Lord, of this church, Lord, because we've, we've been to Thee well ourselves, Lord, that, um, that we've been those that have drunk and those that, Lord, that we come, Lord, that we, we would come with living water, Lord, to, to give to others, Lord, and to take out into our businesses and take it out into the world, Lord. <clears throat> so, um, 
we pray for that, Lord, and uh, that we'd be a mighty river, Lord. Individual streams flowing, Lord, because our roots run deep, Lord, into you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great, guys. Tea and coffee outside. Uh, have a great week. <laughs>